Welcome to the Gems of Jupiter podcast. I'm your host, Najibi Yasmina, and I believe that holistic learning is an essential part of life. I love to discuss self-development, expanding one's consciousness, and purpose-driven living. Each episode is meant to drop a gem, or a few, that inspire you to live a life based in your own unique Welcome, Shiva, to the Gems of Jupiter podcast. Thank you for sharing space with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I love the name of your podcast. I think I commented this on Instagram when you announced that you were doing the podcast. I was like, oof, that name. (laughs) Yes, you did. And you know what's so funny, actually? I'd kind of been lurking your page prior to even starting my podcast. So when you commented on my podcast release announcement, I was like, perfect. This is universal alignment because I've been wanting to actually speak with you because I find you quite interesting. And I actually see a lot of myself in you as well. Wow. Yeah, I really do. I think you're you're quite phenomenal. And you are, you're an NLP practitioner. You're a mindset mentor and coach. You're a business owner, a curator, wellness advocate, model, multifaceted <laughs> creative. You really do everything. But I would love for you in your own words to just tell the listeners who you are and how you show up in the world. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for that introduction. Wow. I didn't know you were lurking me. That's amazing. And isn't that interesting? So many people that we lurk that are posting about their lives, they're posting about their work Mm -hmm. that we don't necessarily reach out to them yet. Right. And this is something Mm -hmm. that I talk to my clients about, um, about, I always tell them that when you're choosing to show up, sometimes you don't see the results that you want to see yet. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't even see the results that you want to see. And if you're doing it for the external validation of like, I want to, I want the comments, I want the likes. And it's like, that's not coming from a pure heart. That's not mm-hmm. coming because the message is coming through you. You know, you're doing it for the performance of it. It's not coming from your truth. Exactly. So that's really beautiful that you just confirmed it <laughs> for me. So thank love you it. for that. I love alignment. <laughs> yes. Um, so me in my own words. Mm-hmm. You know, this is always a little difficult for me because I feel like I'm always changing. But the people in my life, the people in my life will tell you that I've still remained myself. And regardless Mm -hmm. of the phases that I go through, I'm just becoming more me. I'm just becoming more into myself. And I've gone through a lot of phases. I've had about seven, eight career changes. Mm -hmm. But, But... I don't know. I just, I just am. I just, I'm just me. Like that's the best way to explain it. And it sounds so cliche, but I'm just me. I just follow what comes through to me. I follow my bliss. I, I follow my intuition with everything that I do. Mm-hmm. My, my motivation is just, is just to, to explore this life the best that I can to have this experience, the, the best and the deepest and the most me way as possible, whatever I'm doing. <laughs> hmm. I love that. And that resonates so much because I think also too, so often we are conditioned by society to kind of pick a side or pick a position or pick how we're going to be in this world. And so the ability to understand that the human experience, it is fluid, it is ever changing. We are ever fluid and ever changing. 
I think it's a really liberating thing to own and to claim. And like I said, it shows up in your work. Because even when you talk about having had multiple careers, having had multiple phases, multiple rebirths, I guess, in your life, Mm -hmm. it shows throughout the work that you do. And so I'd be interested to know what was the personal journey or the series of personal journeys that kind of brought you to the Shiva that we see now who is doing the work that they are doing and Mm -hmm. walking in their purpose? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I have to honor my mother. My mother is not your typical Haitian mother. So my background is Haitian. Mm -hmm. I actually was, I was born in Haiti and I was raised until I was about nine years old and I moved uh, to the United States. And my mother was not the typical Haitian woman. She was not the traditional Haitian woman. My mother had been in politics protesting since she was 14 years old. Wow. So I grew up with her being a journalist and then becoming a politician and then becoming a political activist. So she showed me that there is no such thing as a box. Mm -hmm. Do not let people put you in a box and you get to decide. And when there's something inside of you, that will guide you wherever you go, whatever your path is. So I live my life. I grew up with this in mind. I grew up knowing that I was different. I grew up knowing that there's different possibilities. There are different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And like I was, so I was raised in Haiti until I was about nine. And then we moved to the United States. I lived in Miami and then mm-hmm. we lived in Georgia. So I had that Southern upbringing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the good and the bad part because the Southern Georgia suburbs living can be very isolating it can be very Mm. you don't belong here you sound different because it wasn't just that I was black I look black I'm a black woman it's also that I sounded different because I had this accent right Right. so I was a very shy student I was a very shy person but highly gifted my teachers loved me like I my assignments I had straight A's I was in like advanced classes okay but I was but I was always so quiet in class and they never could understand they could understand this. And it was because I was so nervous about my accent because I knew it was different. Mm. So we moved around a lot growing up. And again, when you move around a lot, like as a child, you kind of learn to adapt, but you also kind of learn more about yourself. At least for me, that's how it happened. For me, it was more about, okay, so we're moving on a lot. I always have to adjust myself. So who am I? underneath all of this what do I like to do how can I be myself in a way that I'm not easily influenced by the people around me I'm not easily influenced by oh now I'm I'm in a new high school and this is the thing that is trendy this is the thing that people are doing here it was always about me just being myself and my mother nurtured that so much I went through even when I was a child I before I even graduated high school, I literally went through so many different phases where I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to be a this. I'm going to be that. There was a point where I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. And my mother got me a sketchbook because she just nurtured at all of it, all of my different phases. So that definitely helped me just come into myself. It helped me know myself more. And then when I was 19, I actually... <laughs> I actually ended up um, pregnant. Mm-hmm. Now, so my mother wasn't the traditional Haitian mother. However, like going to church and being raised in the church and being Catholic and then becoming Baptist in the South, of course, church is a huge thing. So when I was 19 and I became pregnant, I became estranged from my family. So mm-hmm. they actually 
disowned me because I didn't want to be around them at the time. Mm -hmm. And my whole identity shifted. Everything that, you know, I was so secure in myself and so okay with being like the weird girl who just like knows herself and does her own thing. But it was always because I had the backing of my family or so I thought, right? So then when this happened, and it was a very traumatic thing for everybody involved, Mm -hmm. my family moved to Canada at the time and I stayed behind. And this is because of immigration, not to get so deep into it, but it was due to immigration. Right, <laughs> so all Canada, the bureaucracy, red tape. Exactly, mm-hmm. Be- because of her political background, right? So mm-hmm. it was easier for us to move to Canada, but I was pregnant at the time, and I was like, no, like, I want to make you work with the child's father. Like, I want to give this a try. And I ended up having a miscarriage. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's not something that anybody can truly get over, mm-hmm. but that miscarriage ended up probably being one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I know that's so shady. And if anybody is listening to this and they are going through it or they have gone through it, I'm just speaking from my experience. Please mm-hmm. do not take this as your own. This is just from me, from my experience. It was probably mm-hmm. one of the best things that ever happened to me because it completely shifted my identity. And at first, for years, I went completely numb, where I didn't feel anything. I was so disconnected from life. I was so disconnected from source, from myself. I was completely disconnected. My 20th birthday, actually, so this was a a month after this happened, I decided I was going to come to Canada. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go. Like, there's no point in me being here anymore. Me and the, the baby's father, we dealt with it completely different. Right. We... We were kids, right? Like, we were kids. Nothing against them, but we're both dealing with their own way. And it just didn't make sense for me to stay there anymore. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Canada. I have friends in Canada. At the time, my family and I were not speaking anymore, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give it a try. And I had, <laughs> I had two suitcases on a Greyhound bus from Georgia to the borders of Windsor. So I had to be on the bus through St. Louis, through Chicago, to get to the border of Windsor. And when I got to the border, they told me that I could only come with one suitcase. So I had to leave a suitcase behind. And I had to take a taxi to actually cross the border. And mm-hmm. when, I got, when I got in the taxi and I told him, I was like, I'm going to the border. And he asked me, I was like, I'm going to claim refugee status. And he asked me, how much money do you have? And I said, I have $20. And he said, the taxi ride is $52, so you're not going to be able to afford it. And I, like, I had no idea what to do. So I was just kind of like, okay, well, how long of a walk is this going to be? And wow. mind you, this, this was in January. So this was in January. I'm coming from the South, from Georgia. I have right. ripped, ripped jeans on and a sweater oh. and tennis shoes. <laughs> Completely unprepared. Didn't know winters in the north was not a thing for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, coming from Georgia. Hello. Like, yeah. It's not a thing for me, right? And the poor guy took pity on me and drove me to the border. And he dropped me off. And when I tried to pay him, he was like, no, like, you're good. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And so I crossed the border. I asked for refugee status. They put me in a motel room while they go through my documents. And 
on my birthday. So I was there on the 16th of January. My birthday is the 20th of January. So four days later, I'm still in this motel room awaiting, like, if they're going to let me in, like, what's going to happen? Am I going to be deported to Haiti? Because now I can't go back to the United States. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting in this hotel room. It's my birthday. My stomach is still swollen because nobody tells you that your stomach just doesn't automatically go flat. Nobody tells you this. Mm-hmm. And I'm in this hotel room by myself and I decide, well, what's the point anymore? So I go to the bathtub, I take a knife and I go to the bathtub and without getting graphic, I, mm-hmm. you know, was telling myself, like, there's no point. Nobody wants you. Like, nobody loves you. You messed up your whole life. Like, there's no point. There's no point. And my computer was on. I had my laptop with me, and I heard a notification. And I looked at my computer, and it was an email from my mom. And she was just telling me, like, I love you. I know this is some rough time for you, but you are so blessed. You are so guided. There's so much more. And I don't even know how she knew. I swear mothers are like. <laughs> they have it. It's in the gut. It's in the womb. It's in something. Because honestly. Mm-hmm. She exactly. She knew. Because every word she said was exactly what I needed to read. What I needed to. And I felt her voice in my head reading these words to me. And I just completely broke down. And I wrote her back. And I just told her, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I messed everything up and just like thanked her and told her that I was going to make her proud and all of these things. And she just told me like, she forgave me. And that's the thing like, in the message, she told me, she's like, I forgive you. She's mm-hmm. like, I forgive you. And one day you're going to have to forgive yourself. It's again, it's like she knew, she knew. <laughs> okay. So um, my life in Canada started, they approved all of my paperwork and I went to join my friends in a little city called St. Catharines, Ontario. And I spent three years there, repaired my relationship with my family, got to know myself, but it was different me. It was me that I thought was like, okay, well, you're here now. There's so many opportunities. What are you going to do with these opportunities? So I put a lot of pressure on myself, right? Because now I'm like, I'm in a new place. This is a first start. What are all the things I can do? Like, how can I like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Right? Mm -hmm. All the while not letting myself feel from all the things that happened, not letting myself actually open up and, and heal that wound. So when I was 25 years old, so this is five years later, I was in a relationship with somebody for four years, and he told me, this was the end of our, towards the end of our relationship, he told me that every December, you are not the same person anymore. Every December, I don't even recognize you. You're so different. There's just... I know what it is that you're choosing not to acknowledge, but you need to because you're a shell of yourself for a month out of the year. This is not okay. You need to find help for this. Mm -hmm. So I went to the library and I just started looking. I literally walked to the library and just kind of touched my hand to whatever came out to me. And I grabbed a few books. I went back home and I read all of these books and Eckhart Tolle, Osho, like all of these spiritual books. Love it. And as I was reading these books, it was almost like I had read them before. Something inside me was like, this is not the first time you're reading this. You know this. this. You know this. And it was like, I'm just, I'm getting chills right now. (laughs) 
every single word I was reading, it was a remembering. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever felt this feeling, but it is the weirdest feeling when you read something and you're like, wait, did I read this already? Yeah. Like, why, like how, why do, do I, know, I this? know this? Yeah. How do I know? Th- why does it yeah. resonate so deeply, deeply, deeper than it's just hitting? It's like, exactly. it's, it's visceral feeling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a knowing, like, you know, this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And that's what started, like, my spiritual awakening. And I remember, I remember one time I was at the grocery store and because when you've gone through something that's traumatic, right, there's a point where you really do have to open the wound and just release everything. Whatever's yeah. coming up, instead of stuffing it down and pretending or like, oh, I can't cry right now, you just have to let it go. So I was at the grocery store and this woman walked by holding the hand of a little girl who would be the same age as my child would be. And I just lost it in the middle of the grocery store. I think I had like a bag of Oreos in my hand and I just sat on the floor and just cried. Unleashed. Yeah. The release, the purification process. You needed that. I needed that. that. No, no shame, no guilt, nothing. I just let it out let it flow I just let it flow yeah wow (laughs) what what a story first of all what a personal testimony and I commend you for your ability Mm -hmm. to even tell that story because you sitting here with me now being able to share that shows that you've done your work because Mm -hmm. I think like as we're talking about even healing a lot of us, what stops us from our true purpose and our true passions and really tapping into our gifts is that we're not healing from the things that are literally like weights on our souls that mm-hmm. are just that block. And it's often feels like you don't know what it is, but you do. And mm-hmm. I'd be interested to know because obviously you do NLP work. So you're mm-hmm. aware of the power of the subconscious. And for people who are aware of how the subconscious mind works, it's, it's what drives us. So much mm-hmm. of it is just unchecked things that we're not actively going back to try to reset. So for you, prior to even knowing about NLP, mm-hmm. you have this spiritual awakening, you're doing your healing, you're recharting your path. What made you say, I, other people need to have access to the information that I have and I want to help other people be able to feel liberated and to heal? Mm -hmm. So I've always been that person that strangers come up to and tell their life stories. And ever since I was a child, it's been that way, which made no sense to like my family, my friends are always like, I just don't understand. They would do the same thing. Like, (laughs) but they just didn't understand why when we're out, people would literally just sit next to me and tell me their life stories. So I feel like people just always knew they could come to me and not be judged and not Mm -hmm. have to put on a facade and I have to put on a face of like, I'm strong, I'm this, I'm that. And I also, when I was going through my spiritual awakening, my reawakening, I call it, I realized that I had always been able to see people. Yeah. To actually see them, like see their true face and see who they really are, the good and the bad. I had Mm -hmm. always had that gift, even as a child. And I also had other spiritual gifts. Like I could see energy and I could see auras and I Mm -hmm. could feel people's pain as my own so the more that I went through all of this I realized that like whoa okay there's a reason for this a purpose for this and 
at the urging of my friends and family and even strangers, people just kept coming to me for advice and telling me like, this is a gift. This is your gift. Like Mm there is a reason why. And for me, like, yes, I went into modeling and I did all these things in front of the camera, but most people are often surprised to know that I, I'm not really a fan of attention, which mm. I know makes no sense. <laughs> I know. You'd be surprised if you see my Instagram, right? You're like, obviously she's confident. Yeah. She loves the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I really, part of me absolutely hates it where you see me post something very vulnerable and then I kind of like, log off for a few hours and then come back where i feel like decompress separate from the post for for a little bit and then and then circle back yeah (laughs) exactly because it's that attention and i'm like you know so for me it was like is that my ego that's being kind of like stroked like yeah you need to like step up and be a leader you need to like help people with this Mm, so i shied away for a very 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 long time from stepping into that I mean, since 2015, people were telling me, you should be a coach. And I was going, what? I can't coach people in their life. What if I even like, what? I'm like, I'm a kid. Like, <laughs> I'm a kid. Like, I just feel like I just started my life. What do you mean I'm going right. to coach somebody? It just doesn't make sense. But it was mainly about myself. You know, like I went through my own healing, still going through my own healing. I don't think there's ever a, there's ever going to be like, oh, oh, I've made it. No more healing to be done. No, no, that's not, <laughs> at least for me, I don't believe that's the thing. Mm-hmm, I agree. So the more that I stepped into it, the more that I stepped into healing myself, the more that I realized more people, and, you know, there were people around me who benefited from it. And I started thinking, like, could I actually do this? Like, could I actually help other people? And I started talking more on Instagram, just about, like, my own experiences. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny that you mentioned NLP because I got certified last January, so 2020. And before that, so in the summer of 2019 is when I applied for the certification and it was a six-month uh, self-study and then a week in Toronto for like the intensive and we got the exams and that's when we got certified. So from 2019, that summer, I actually started thinking like, whoa, like I could, I could really do this. Like I could, mm-hmm. this is my path this is so me and so when I started this and learning all about this I realized that I didn't have words for all of the things that I was doing I didn't have the proper wording and the proper terms but I had realized all of these things already I don't know if you've ever had that moment where somebody tells you something and you're like oh I already do that that's what it's called exactly you were already operating in this way you just didn't have like you said, the proper terminology for it or somebody to say, oh, what you're doing is called this. Exactly. Exactly. So doing that certification and, you know, it was NLP, EFT, clinical hypnotherapy, like all of these things, it really helped me to kind of come up with like a framework. And also it helped me realize how I had integrated these things and the results that I was getting from these modalities. Right. So it was pretty cool because it was all like confirmation, you know, it wasn't like, this is anything new. This is, you've been doing this. Right. Yeah. So it was really, a really empowering moment when that happened. I love that. And I just love when I'm talking to people and they share the moment where it kind of all clicked and it kind of all Mm. came together to be able to say that everything that I've been through, even if it's been a little bit off the beaten path or feels like it didn't make sense at some point, it comes full circle. 
And it's mm-hmm. interesting because I think it's also important for us to each own our own journey. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to compare yourself to other people or compare yourself to what you perceive other people mm-hmm. have experienced or going through and then think that you're missing markers or not hitting traditional milestones or that you're floundering. But we all come to what we're meant to come to when it's time mm-hmm. to come to that. And I think okay. you speaking about how you got there shows that the more you were willing to lean into that, the more your path revealed itself too. Because I feel like when we Absolutely. put up that resistance, we stay in the dark longer than we might have otherwise. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I absolutely agree with this. And you mentioned earlier today how a lot of the stuff that we we know we need to heal from, we know it, right? But there's mm-hmm. sometimes there's a resistance of, oh, no, I don't want to look that way. Oh, no, I don't want to open that door. It's too painful. Exactly. It's too whatever it is, right? But sometimes we know that door is the gateway. Yeah, and like we know it. There's a knowing. There's a deeper knowing of like this is the gateway. And the more you, the more you shy away from that, the more you come up with other excuses of distraction, the further away that you're, you're, you're pushing yourself on your authentic path. Mm-hmm. And of course, of course, everything has its own timing. We know this, you know, but just, just another perspective on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I also think too, and I'd like to know from you as well, because part of your path, it seems, and it's been being expressed in the work that you do now and the way that you show up is in being vulnerable and in telling your mm-hmm. truth. And so what was that like the first time that you ever shared your story publicly or was vulnerable publicly? Because I know for myself, that can be really daunting, especially because online is an interesting place, right? It's mm-hmm. It tells you be yourself, show up as you are, but there's so much facade and so much smoke Mm -hmm. around that or show up as yourself but not if it's like this so Mm -hmm. how was that experience like for you the first time you were ever truly vulnerable in a public way and how do you kind of combat the discomfort you might feel or the fear that you may feel or have felt Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so just to remember when I first started sharing my my spiritual awakening journey. This was actually the, the beginning of me being on Instagram and being open about things. I was working as a marketing specialist. So I had a corporate job. Mm-hmm. And here I was online talking about energy work. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the woo <Wait>. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which on paper, it's like, no, like that's the complete opposite. Right. And that was me beginning to realize that being fully myself meant that it wasn't one or the other, that it could be both. And that the duality, like there's no such thing within my own life. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I first started writing about this, for sure, like I had coworkers who started making jokes and funny enough. So my website, my brand before was called Toshiba. And it actually came from my coworkers making fun of whenever they would see something online that was like a little woo or whatever, they would hashtag, oh, this is so Shiva. Almost like mocking me and, you know, like, oh, this is so Shiva. Like, oh, mm-hmm. and in fantasy land. And I decided I was going to take it because I was like, you know what? I love that name. So Shiva. Right. Why Let not? me reclaim it. Mm-hmm. I exactly. That's exactly what I did. So I okay. took it upon myself and I was like, I'm going to, yep, this is my brand name. I love it. I'm going to take it. So, yeah, that was the beginning of me really sharing things and knowing that, 
if somebody was judging me, it wasn't for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Even now, a lot of the times when I share, you know, messages or downloads that I receive from source, I always say that if this resonates with you, good, take it, integrate it, figure out how it feels in your body. And if this does not resonate with you, the message was not for you. And that's okay. Exactly, exactly. And being able to depersonalize if you receive any criticism or vitriol or if somebody necessarily doesn't like what you're mm-hmm. saying because you recognize that it, it has really and truly nothing to do with exactly. you at the exactly. end of the day. And have exactly. you found that operating this way, being able to depersonalize things, this also helps you to navigate your life outside of societal constructs and not get trapped in traditional limitations or mm-hmm. people trying to tell you who you should be or the thing that you should be doing? Absolutely. I, listen, I'm, my son is an Aquarius, okay? So I'm very, like, I will be myself regardless of what it looks like or feels like to you. I will be myself. I'm mm-hmm. a free spirit through and through, and I've always known I didn't have to make sense to anybody but myself. So love that. being able, when society tells you you should do this, you should do that, thankfully, because of my upbringing, I always knew that was a bunch of BS. I, mm-hmm. whenever should comes into it, I question things, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that's how I live my life. That's how even people in my personal life, when, when I feel like I'm being suffocated or I feel like people are trying to tell you, oh, do this, do that, do that. I'm always the first one to go, okay, let's just take a moment and realize that <laughs> we all have different perspectives. We all have different ways of seeing things. Let's just come back to the fact that you don't have to see things the way that I do. And I don't have to see things the way that you do, but we still need to respect one another. We still need to give exactly. the other person space to be themselves and to express themselves in the way that they see fit. So to me, this is one of the best things that I realized for myself. So my boundaries are firm but flexible, you know, because I'm yeah. always open and willing to learn. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but like I said, I'm an Aquarius. So when I make up my mind about something, you when I'm following, yeah. exactly. So when I know in my deep core that like, no, like this is, I'm definitely like, yeah, I'll listen to you, but just know my mind's already made up. Made up. So I'm, I'm going the path, but thank you for your little two cents. And you know, that's yeah. funny that you say, because I'm, I mean, I'm a Pisces, but my chart is um, Aquarius and Capricorn dominant. I have stelliums mm-hmm. and, and both those signs. So I, I resonate with that so much and being able to <laughs> operate within society, but not be of the society, right? Because Aquarius mm-hmm. is also a communal sign. It's a sign mm-hmm. of friendship. It's a, the sign mm-hmm. of, right, larger community, larger connection. Yeah. So we are able to do things in service of and be able yes. to navigate within the larger community very well. But we also know when we're also operating at our highest to not become consumed by it. Because yes. you even talked earlier about being able to read people, see people, feel people. I am very much the same way. But I've learned for myself that I had to develop energetic boundaries as mm-hmm. well. Because mm-hmm. before I understood energetic boundaries, I understood real world boundaries, personalized mm-hmm. boundaries, work boundaries even. But energetically, I didn't understand. And I don't think I was almost willing at a point to honor energetic boundaries with myself because I felt like, hey, if you have this gift, if you have this ability, just mm-hmm. help people. But mm-hmm. that can be so draining and so distracting at times. Mm-hmm. And so for you, energetic boundaries and even in your current work that you do with the clients that you do because you're doing a lot of that healing work energy work Mm -hmm. mindset work 
how are you able to, and what are some of the ways that you establish those boundaries? Mm-hmm. That's so funny that you bring up you bring up the energetic boundaries because this is something I really had to learn after suffering for a very long mm-hmm. time with this mm-hmm. for about for about nine months during my spiritual awakening. I was so susceptible to everybody's energy to the point where it was hard for me to distinguish what was mine and what was somebody else's. Exactly. So I totally, totally understand with you. And it took me a while to figure out how I had to do this. It took me a while to lean into making sure like my protection bubble, making sure that like my cup was full before letting somebody else access my space, access my bubble to make sure that I was full. Because the way that I see it and to be very, you know, visual that if your cup is not full, somebody else can come in and fill it for you with their own mess, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. when I work with clients, say before I have calls with clients, I clear my energy space and I make sure that my energy is high. I make sure that I'm everything. Like if you ever see me before calls, I'm glowing. Like oh, I, love that. I make sure I make sure that like my physical health, my mental health, everything is protected, not just my energy, but like my whole body. Like I make sure I'm eating properly that I'm taking care of my body that I'm moving the energy through my body and if I ever feel like I have stuck energy I make sure that I fix myself that I deal with myself first because I also know because I have such a strong energy that I can easily influence somebody else as well and I and I never want to influence somebody to the point where they're not able to access themselves because my purpose my part of my mission here is to help other people access their own power. And it's not about latching onto mine and thinking you're going to get a little bit of it and it's going to make you powerful. No, it's like I will be the mirror for you to show you what's possible, to show you that you can and not in adopting my beliefs, adopting how I see the world. Of course, if it resonates with you, integrate that, take it, but know that ultimately it's going to come down to you figuring out your own way of doing it. So I always make sure my energy is on point. And <laughs> if you ever see my stories, I'm always changing myself and cleansing myself. And I do lots of rituals using using the elements, using fire, using earth. I do a lot of grounding. And if I'm feeling too much in my head or overwhelmed, I make sure I take the time. Like this is, it's mandatory. This is my partner even had to know that like, hey, when I wake up in the morning, there's certain ways that I need to do things or I don't feel like myself. This is non-negotiable. It's just, it's needed. It's needed. Mm -hmm. So I always Mm -hmm. make sure that I'm on point before I work with somebody. I always make sure that I'm good within myself. If I'm Mm -hmm. having a bad day, I will take myself out of the equation and, hey, I'm not feeling up there right now. Is there any way that you can reschedule? And I know like the business coach is like, oh, you don't do that. You don't do that. I would rather show up my best self. Because the work that I do is that important than to mm-hmm. follow with the whole hustle, hustle mentality of like, well, you need the clients, you need the money, you need, 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 right. you know? So I honor myself. Yeah, you do. And even in the way that you're speaking about this, it's so important, I think, whenever providing wellness, spaces, support, even insight, because I mm-hmm. was the exact same way with my podcast. Before I ever launched it, it was months before in the making, but because of the content, because of the way I was structuring it, because of what I wanted to talk about, I was like, it has to come from a real, honest, Mm. integrity-driven place. And I see that's what you're doing with your practice, because how can you be promoting people to be well, prioritize themselves, take care of themselves, 
and you're not doing the same mm-hmm. or you're promoting certain practices or encouraging others to tap into those type of things and totally bypassing that in your own life. There's the, that's the disconnect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's difficult because we mm-hmm. do live in a capitalist society and we are navigating mm-hmm. a lot of competing demands. But I think it's important to remind people that you have the choice. Mm-hmm. You have the choice to say, I'm going to take a pause, even if it's that five minutes that you mm-hmm. have to take the five minutes. And I love how you brought it down to a very pragmatic level too, because, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Have you found that, especially in the wellness, spiritual coaching space, sometimes I think it can be very mystified and almost convoluted because people feel like <laughs> it has to be really extravagant, really exorbitant. You need to be sleeping on a bed of crystals and you know, you need to be outside wearing white, channeling your ancestors down every day. And there's a time and a place for that. And also too, Mm -hmm. there are some people who will never do that because that's not the way that you're spiritually called or inclined. But I love how you said things like making sure I'm well-rested, that Mm -hmm. I've eaten, that I'm honoring my morning routine, that I'm letting people know, hey, I'm not necessarily up to this. Is it okay to reschedule? How have you found the ability to merge the two, like the spiritual elements, but still be able to bring in the piece of we are still human beings? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just have to laugh because this is the funniest thing that for some reason always comes up when I'm around people who are in this field, people who are in this world, and even people who aren't, I'm able to explain the most woo-woo things and bring it down to a more grounded way that it makes sense. So Mm -hmm. my partner is a photographer now, but he used to be a geologist. So he used to to be a scientist. So for him, (laughs) you know, when I started talking about like all the spirits, exactly. When I started talking about like all of the spiritual things and like all of my experiences and sometimes I'd wake up and I would be like, oh, I had a dream about that person. And then they would call him, you know, and he would be like, oh, okay, that's just a coincidence. And then when it would happen over and over and over again, he started realizing that, okay, there's there's definitely There's a thread to this. There's a connection here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm able to really just bring it down to the real world, you know, because as much as we can talk about 5D living and 4D and all of these things, the fact is our souls are in our human bodies in this Mm -hmm. vessel to fully experience this human experience, right? Mm -hmm. And this human experience is not always love and light. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. It's very real things. Right. And to be able to come back to the fact that we're here, we're still living in this world. We're still in this realm. Of course, if you want to live in your head and, you know, live in fantasy land, that's good and all. But Mm -hmm. to me, that's not being in the present moment. That's not fully allowing yourself to experience, to evolve and to grow because growth is not just, oh, I've done the inner work and like I, I see things differently and that's it. It's how does this change your life right now? How are you reacting differently to situations that are happening in your life right now? How are you treating the people in your life or even strangers based on this inner work that you're saying that you've been doing? That's how I see it. So for me, I'm always coming up 
with examples, I'm always trying to bring it back to just a more grounded way because it is about being in the present moment. It is about seeing the world in a new way and integrating the teachings and the lessons to enhance our experience. Mm -hmm. To me, that is the purpose. That is the point of all souls choosing to come and experience this to evolve and to grow, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's how I see it. And that's a beautiful way to see it because it's true. So often, so many of us, right, we get stuck in the past and the nostalgia in the things that didn't work out, the things that could have, should have, would have, or we're so far in the future about what we mm-hmm. will do, what will come, what will happen. And the present moment gets missed so much. And I think that when we honor the present and really mm-hmm. are able to sit with it, that's when the real ahas happen. That's mm-hmm. when those connections happen because it's like all I have is this moment now you and I are in this Mm -hmm. moment now and so Mm -hmm. being engaged with you being connected in this moment we're able to have this really beautiful robust conversation about all of these amazing things as opposed to I was having this interview with you right now and I'm thinking about okay and then I got to do this and then I got to do that and then I got to do that and I could be missing out on so much of the gems and so Mm -hmm. much of the insight that you've shared that now I can apply in the present, in mm-hmm. this very moment, in the now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really important reminder of like the pragmatic and what you can do in this moment. And I'd actually, I'd love to talk to you too about things you can do in the present moment because something that I love that you talked about on your Instagram once was when you were addressing the ways that you are free spirit, you're multifaceted, you've come through so many different channels and realms to be where you are now. <laughs> but that how you are um, a recovering quitter and that used to be a habitual <laughs> quitter. And I actually had to yep. laugh because it, it resonated so much because I was like, girl, me too. Like, and it's, it's funny because when we talk about boundaries, when we talk mm-hmm. about pragmatic things to do, I definitely at a time in my life conflated quitting with being able to know my worth, knowing when I've had enough, but not realizing that was also a form of self-sabotage because there were times that I didn't want to fully immerse myself in something because I was scared of the potential that it would untap. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I'd love to hear more about your experience with that and then actually creating programming and offerings around that because I do think that's something a lot of people are experiencing and don't even know that that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So funny (laughs) that I need to finish that series too, by the way. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's such a great point to bring up because for me, for sure, like I said, like I've had about seven to eight career changes, right? So I've quit a lot of stuff. I've, mm-hmm. through, <laughs> I've been through a lot of phases. I've, I've, I'm a dreamer also. So I have a lot of ideas that I'm always like, oh, wouldn't it be great if like, yeah, I'm going to start this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm over it. Like, eh, right. it's not there anymore. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, <laughs> that step. Uh, not really sold on that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but when I, you know, when you're honest with yourself, when you take the time to actually be honest with yourself, and when you notice the patterns, right? Because there's patterns, and when you notice the patterns, you can really take a look at yourself and okay, what am I avoiding here? What's actually mm-hmm. happening here? And I realized a few years ago, and thank so thankful for my partner my partner Nicholas for bringing this to my attention but I realized that yeah I would quit a lot of things and sometimes it was more of not wanting to fully go in on myself mm-hmm. right which can be tied to you know not feeling worthy 
being scared of failing, right? And also being scared of succeeding because it, if for some reason, I used to have this, this limited belief that if I succeed at something, if I'm really good at something, that means I have to stick with it. And that I, I, I just, I'm going to put myself on a box and I won't be able to escape. And from that came the feeling of like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm suffocating now. Like I'm, I'm in this box and I don't belong in a box. Right. So all of the, and I realized like that was the pattern with all of these things. I would quit. It wasn't necessarily that like, oh, it's just not aligned to who I am. That was just a bunch, bunch of BS I'm telling myself when the truth of it came from that wound, from that deeper wound of accessing, being too stuck in the future, maybe, and getting overwhelmed. So not taking that first step because you're like, if I take that first step, then I'm going to have to take that step and this step and oh my gosh, and then like this is going to happen and coming up with all these scenarios that keeps you from just taking the first step because you may not even realize how where it's going to take you. Who's to say it's even going to take you anywhere? But when exactly. you have that feeling, that bliss, it's just opening up that channel and just letting it come through and getting out of your head. Getting out of your head is so important. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard, but it is it's so important. It, it is, is important. so important. So for me, getting out of my head, it was so big on not in, in quitting, this quitting habit that I had, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and really looking, for me, honestly, it was just looking at my core beliefs and my core wound around this as to why I would start so many things and not follow through with them. Exactly. Figuring out the pattern around that was, you know, not forgiving myself, not thinking I'm worthy. And yeah, the fear of failure, the fear of failure. Like that's, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which I think when you talk about even like imposter syndrome, right? That's usually what comes up when people talk about imposter syndrome. It's, you know, you're scared of failing, so you don't even try. Or you're scared of, of, you know, people finding out that like, oh, maybe they're going to find out like I'm not, I'm not as good as they think I am, you know? So you're feeling mm-hmm. like you're not worthy of it. And, you know, so also coming back to myself and realizing that like the, the scarcity mindset too, right? Which yeah. a lot of us are still dealing with. And it's not just about money because a lot of people think scarcity mindset, they automatically relate it to money. And it's not just yeah. about money. It's do you actually trust that the universe, God, whoever higher power being yourself, do you actually trust that you can show up for yourself? Do you actually trust that these outside forces can support you? And exactly. knowing that there's always going to be more than enough. The scarcity is a human invention, right? There's no such thing as scarcity back in the day. Mm-hmm. We, we had everything we needed and we trusted that it would come. We trusted like after winter comes spring. Like we trusted mm-hmm. all of this. Mm-hmm. And we trusted our ability to be able to do the things Mm -hmm. that would reap the reward. Because also, too, sometimes with scarcity, it's there will not be enough opportunities for Mm -hmm. to come to me. But we create opportunity. We create Mm -hmm. connection. We create space. We create movement. And when we take away our agency to be able to do these things, that's where we get stuck. So I love how you're able to say that readdressing those feelings of inadequacy of being unworthy Mm -hmm. and I would also say too it comes back to as well feeling like somebody else is more deserving because even earlier Mm -hmm. you spoke to how prior to stepping into the light into leadership into service and help there was the part of you that thought oh is this my ego is this Mm -hmm. me wanting to be seen and I always find it funny how people who need to be in these spaces and need to be leading they're always the ones having these self-check-ins it's never the people that need to be off the the platform it's 
those people never have that thought. They just run and go. It's always the ones who need to be there that are having those thoughts. But I think the same thing can happen with feeling unworthy and buying into that scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and buying into not being enough because you think someone else deserves it more. Or like Mm -hmm. you said, imposter syndrome, I'm going to be found out. I've done all these things in my life or haven't done. And somebody's going to pull the veil off and be like, ha ha, I knew it. But I think that the reminder of when you own who you are and Mm -hmm. who you've been, Mm -hmm. what can you do to me? What can you tell me? about myself you know what I mean exactly and yeah I think I think that is is really important and I also think what's really important that has been kind of woven throughout this conversation as we spoke is how you still have such an optimism a light and an ease about you despite all that you've been through because you even spoke to earlier about right it's not all love and light and a lot of us who are operating from what people see as very positive, very bright places have come from a lot of dark and a lot of hurt. And mm-hmm. so for you, coming from your background, having certain experiences, was it always easy for you to be optimistic, to fall into ease? And if not, how did you find your way to that and understand the importance of it? Mm. You know what? It was always easier for me to. Mm-hmm. And it does go back to my mother. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's just, my, my mother is such an incredible woman. Like, I just, I love her so much. <laughs> she sounds like it. She sounds like a powerhouse. She is. Well, the stories this woman has, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but yeah, I, wow. <laughs> but she, she was always, that's how she raised me. And I remember when I was younger, and I've mentioned this before, I think on my Instagram, but when I was younger, um, if I would wake up in a bad mood, before I go to school, my mom would tell me, she would go, fix your face. Or she would be like, you know, fix, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, fix yourself, fix your energy, right? And then, of course, that would piss me off more as a child because I'm like, my face is fixed. Like, I look like you. What do you want me to do? This is my face. Like, but then she would go further and she would say, imagine yourself as like a radio, right? So you are influencing with your energy, with your vibe, with your face, with your, how you are. You influencing the people around you. Do you want people to tune into this inner this frequency? Do you want them the way that you are now? When you walk out of the house, imagine every single person you come across, you make them have a bad day. How would that make mm-hmm. you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't in a like you know just fake it, but it was more of like finding out why you're feeling this way. It was honestly because I hated waking up so early to go to school. So that right, was yeah. <laughs> the bane of all our existence as kids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But it also, it really made me think. So on my walk to the bus stop, you know, I would think like, okay, well, I'm already up. I'm already dressed. I'm wearing this nice, nice sweater, you know, like it's my color. Okay. So like, I'll, I might as well have a good day. Like what is, what's going to harm me to have a good day? Exactly. <laughs> and by the, by the time I get on that bus, I'm talking to my friends and my, you know, I'm happy. And I already right. forgot about waking up and, you know, being annoyed that the alarm woke me up. So it, it just came from that. And I just always kept that mindset. I just always kept the fact that like, you know, to figure out like if I'm having a bad day or if I'm in a bad mood, instead of pretending and stuffing it down, to figure out like, okay, what's happening here? What's going on? What do you need to fix? Mm-hmm. Do you need to eat? Do you need to go walk? Do you need to, what's happening? Do you need to look at what's happening? You know, you need to look at it. And it's not just because of me, right? It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be in a better mood. But every single person that I come across as well is going to be in a better mood. 
So it's almost like my duty to make sure I'm good, to make sure that like, and that's the thing, right? Most people are surprised because they're like, it's not fake. Like, it's genuine. Like, how are mm. you just... And it's when coming I, out naturally. Yeah. It's, it's just a natural extension. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And people are often surprised when I do get into the deeper, darker shadow self. They're often surprised by my experience because they're like, I never would have guessed that you've been through all of this. I never mm-hmm. would have guessed this. And I'm like, well, yeah, it happened. And I've learned the lessons and I do still have bad days. I'm a human being, of course. Right. When things don't go in, you know, the way that I had expectations for things to go, you know, I get disappointed. I get mad. Of course it happens. Mm-hmm. But I also, I just always go back to, am I going to spend my time being mad at something that I can't control? Or am I just going to exactly. let the emotion flow through me and do what it needs to do and then let it go? Exactly. Yeah? It's another pragmatic advice. And I think what is so powerful about what, your mom instilled in you so young was the ability to follow your feelings, to explore where they originate from. And also that you have a choice. Again, Mm -hmm. you have a choice Mm -hmm. to be able to shift how you feel, where you're at. The simple Mm -hmm. act of in the morning, I'm going to pick an outfit that makes me feel pretty and I'm going to put that on. And knowing that that's going to be something that shifts your mood, because again, agency just keeps coming up in my head because so much, I think even today you posted something on Instagram about be your own authority. Yes. And right, not looking for those external validators or those mm-hmm. external okays to do something or not do something. And mm-hmm. that I think is something that all of us find challenging at times. Some of us step into it easier than others, but I think that's the universal thing of the human condition because we have mm-hmm. so much external leadership or even perceived leadership or order of what to do. And mm-hmm. so when it's placed back on us. It can be a little bit like, ah, this is a little bit scary. I don't really know what to do, but we all have that choice. We Mm -hmm. all have that, that power. And do you find that with your coaching clients, that's kind of the running theme, the want or the desire to have more agency, more authority in their life? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. The biggest thing that I see within my clients is that alignment, right? Because if you're looking at the outside world, there's so many, as soon as you wake up, there's people and things and advertising telling you what to think, telling you what to say, telling you how to act, right? So a lot of people, mm-hmm. the world in itself, we've become so disconnected to even listen to our inner self, to listening and sitting with our inner self. There's so many distractions. And last year was such a great testament to the distractions we're taking away, right? So yep. a lot of people, the world had to sit with this, had to sit and go, who am I even? I don't even know who I am. I don't even know how how to feel. I don't even know how to think and all of these things, right? So that alignment, getting back into yourself and knowing that like that deeper truth, that deeper drive, that deeper something that runs you, it's still there. That you may have been disconnected, but it's still there. It's still there. And it's always been there. It's always been there whispering and trying to get your intention, but the Mm -hmm. deceptions were in the way. And like you're saying, also to be become your inner story with that, right? To follow and lead yourself, to know that, you know, be disciplined with yourself and to own up to, to your actions, to own up to, you know, your own power, but also, and I hate to say, you know, the shadow self and the bad self, but to also own up to that as well and to look at it, you know? So those are the two themes that I see the most within my coaching and my clients, my former clients and my current clients, they cry a lot. 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember this one girl within like five minutes she started crying and she was like you don't understand I don't cry <laughs> and like it's right. been five minutes and I'm crying and I'm just like you know this is a safe space this is a safe space for you to explore yourself this is a safe space for you to to realize you know and be your and be yourself within yourself mm-hmm. this is the whole point this, this is, what is that work what, is for mm-hmm. exactly right and sometimes we have such a shell of like we should do, we should be, and blah blah blah, and all of these things. Just to get back to the core of who am I? What am I feeling in this moment? What do I want to feel in this moment? Because right, you say have a choice, okay? And to realize that we always have a choice, even sometimes when it looks like you don't have a choice, you always have a choice. And something that that's really big in NLP that I always live my life by is that there's no such thing as failure. Right? Like there's no such mm-hmm. thing as failure, because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know what the right decision is. I don't know like this and that. And it's like, no, there's no such thing as failure. Whatever decision you make, you're gonna learn from it. Either you're gonna continue mm-hmm. because it's in alignment with who you are, with who you want to be. You're gonna continue on that path, or you're gonna learn what not to do, and you're gonna figure out like, okay, well maybe this wasn't for me. How do I mm-hmm. course correct? How do I go about this in a different way? Right? Mm-hmm. The choices. We always have a choice. Mm-hmm. That I love that you just said that. See, that right there is a universal alignment moment because my therapist, who's also certified in NLP, one of our sessions, that was one of the first things she told me, there is no failure, only feedback. Mm, only feedback and yeah. that stuck with me so much because of the things of thinking, if I'm habitually starting and stopping things, or if I feel like I'm pivoting or shifting too much, like, oh, maybe this means I'm unstable or I don't know what I'm doing. But it's like, this is just giving you more information. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Either it's an alignment or it's not. Mm-hmm. But now you have more information and you know which which route to take. So mm-hmm. I love that that's part of your praxis with your client so they know that there are no wrong steps. There are no missteps. There just mm-hmm. is. And mm-hmm. as you continue to step, right, you'll continue down one path or you mm-hmm. may go the other path. But either way, you'll find where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what a great gift that is that we get to do that. What a great gift, right, that as part of our soul's journey towards evolution and growth, that we get to do this. We get to have the different paths and we get to choose. And knowing that whatever route that you take, the best thing is to, to, be, to be within yourself, right? To be yourself in it. Mm-hmm. And to be 100%. at home within yourself in whichever path. A hundred percent. I would love to know, you are a woman of many hats and many talents. And I mean, obviously... You're free-spirited, you go with the flow, but if there's anything on the horizon or down the horizon that you envision yourself doing as the next step, what would Mm -hmm. that be? And furthermore, as you continue your work, your social media presence, what do you want people to feel when they engage with you and engage with what you present to the world? So I'm I'm also certified in time techniques, which is about like different timelines, which is very quantum science and quantum physics and very complicated stuff but um as I'm playing in that field more and more I'm realizing that there are different timelines we live on there's different realities that we live on right and there's a reality of like things that we know are going to happen regardless like tomorrow the sun's going to come up we know that's going to happen we rely on this our mind our body we we know this and there's different reality where certain things that were like, it's conditional. So this will happen if that happens. If I do this, this will happen, right? 
right? So like if I get out of bed, I'm going to go make breakfast, right? <laughs> but if you stay in bed, you're not going to eat, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's also another mm-hmm. reality that's more about like the impossible one. So these are things that we don't necessarily deal with. These are things that we said are completely impossible for us. And these are things that we're like, oh, ne- never in a million years could that happen. And a lot of the times, our dreams are in this timeline as well, where we told ourselves they're not possibilities, where we told ourselves that, oh, that could never be me. But part of our soul wants that, right? Because it's part of our dream. We get messages and we get synchronicities, but we ignore it. So what I'm realizing is that I want to be that example. I want to be that evidence for people to know that there is no freaking strategy. There is no blueprint. You decide this. You get to create this. And the blueprint is in your soul. So the more you access that, the more you follow that, that's when, you know, that's when you're able to make your dreams come true. That's when you're able to truly live this life fully. So I, I just want people to feel like, damn, like she's doing so much. And like, but not in a way of doing, 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 but just of like, it, but they're also her. Like it's just an like living, yes, owning, yes. yes. Like it's just an expression. It's just an extension of me, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like you know, mm-hmm. I have a, I have a photo studio in in Montreal with my partner. I'm his makeup artist. I'm his photographer's assistant. I'm his posing coach because we work with a lot of people who have never had a photo shoot before. On top of my coaching, mm-hmm. so I do a lot, but. If you see like my stories or whatever, you're never gonna see me working like you know five a.m. in the morning. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like this is what this is what we've been told, right? They're like, oh, in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to wake up at five a.m. and you have to be at the gym at this time and this, this, and this. And I just you can't see your friends or family. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And I decided that was not gonna be me. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm gonna do it my own way. I'm gonna figure out a way to do it that honors my soul. And again, no, no shade mm-hmm. to people who, you know, this is for them. My partner is more like that. My partner is more of like a structured person. And, you know, he has to like have his little notebook and like all this, like, this is what I'm doing today. Here are my things. For me, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to see right. different evidence just to help them kind of shift that reality of impossible and to bring it more into that reality of Maybe, you know, as far as the conditional one, you know, like, okay, so if I step out of my little bubble in my little box, you know, there's a possibility of this for me, you know? And I feel like mm-hmm. the more that I express myself in different ways, the more that I can be that evidence for people to know this and to figure out themselves how it looks for them. And that's why you will never see me go, like, this is law. This is the only way to do this. And I've had clients come to me mm-hmm. and I go, I, I don't think we're the right fit, but I can refer somebody I think will be a better fit for you. You know, which business coaches mm-hmm. will be like, no, no, what do you mean? Like, no, you don't turn people away. I'm not turning them away. I'm honoring the fact that we may not be the best fit, but I will suggest somebody who is, you know? So a lot of things right. I do on paper doesn't necessarily fit into the mold of what you should do. And this is the thing, right? You should. Like I said, whenever that comes up, I question it. And we're all figuring mm-hmm. it out. Even all the business coaches, like all their launches, all these people who have like the perfect life and Instagram and stuff, they're just figuring things out. And if ever mm-hmm. somebody tells you their way is the only way, please run the opposite way because no, <laughs> <laughs> that is not a thing. No, there's never just one way. 
not. Exactly. There's not one blueprint. No, there isn't. And that's what I'm saying. The blueprint is within your own soul. And it's about accessing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, right now I'm working on a platform called Your Inner Shift because I'm realizing that the Mm -hmm. more I interact with people, and this has been three years in the making, um, and not just from a spiritual standpoint, but just from a life standpoint, that a lot of people have gone through a shift. So for myself, it was, you know, my miscarriage and dealing with, um, I actually ended up having another miscarriage um, later on. So dealing with these kind of things and my upbringing and having that cultural hybridity of being born in Haiti and then leaving at such a young age and being raised in the United States and then living in Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of things, right, that I'm dealing with. Um, I'm realizing that a lot of us have gone through or are currently going through a shift as you know, the big global shift is currently happening and there's no school right. for this. There's no, you know, guidance for this. And again, guidance, not like copy exactly what I'm doing, but... Mm-hmm. Do what I tell you, follow the exactly, rules. Exactly, right. because I do not believe in this. If I haven't made that clear enough. But <laughs> um, so <laughs> your, your inner shift is a platform that I'm putting together where different guides from all walks of life are being the evidence to show people that things can be done in different ways. And again, it's not to adopt exactly as they're they're doing things, but just to show the different possibilities, you know, to show that sometimes the shift happens, you know, through healthy eating. I know this meditation teacher, Mm -hmm. her spiritual awakening, her life changes started because she started learning more about what she was putting into her body and that connection to her body. That's how her shift happened. Yep. You know, there's so many different ways that this, mm-hmm. this shift can happen. And it's not necessarily in a spiritual standpoint. It's just, it could be in different kind of ways. So that's what I'm working on. It's a beautiful platform that's currently being built um, just to help people. Again, from all walks of life, whatever you're going through, whether you're curious about your shift and you're committed where you want to start a practice or you have a practice, or if you feel yourself that you, mm-hmm. you're a change maker, you want to change things on, on a greater scale that you can come and, and be with the community and receive guidance. And I hate saying coaches and teachers and because to me it's like, no, like we're going to be, we're going to help guide you, but you're the one driving the bus. You're the one taking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like the GPS, right? The GPS is telling you like, yeah, oh, maybe you should go here and take this route, take this route. But ultimately you have the choice mm-hmm. and you're the one driving the car. So, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm working on right now. And I'm so excited. It's coming together beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And it's it's going to be so necessary. And I think that it's going to just be a great thing for generating overall community, mm-hmm. for people being able to deeper know themselves. Yeah. And another way of accessing something in their toolkit to just help them gain that authority, yeah. gain that agency, get it back yeah. over, over their lives. Yeah. So I want to thank you so, so much <laughs> for your time. First of all, because mm-hmm. you you left us with a lot <laughs> of amazing insights and reflections and wisdoms and honesty. I genuinely appreciate the honesty mm-hmm. that you brought to this conversation. Um, but before I do let you go, I ask every single one of my guests, because this is the Gems of Jupiter podcast. So in closing. If you can leave the listeners with one final gem that 
you believe is the key to mm-hmm. unlocking your authenticity, living your truth, what would it be? Follow what comes up, whether it's bliss or it's mess, whatever comes up, follow it. Just follow it. Just trust and follow that. Sometimes it can lead you to a place where your brain could not even have comprehended. Because when I look at my life now, I'm like, I, I never could have imagined the life that I'm living right now. It makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> and all I did, like, I, I trusted and I followed my bliss. I followed my bliss. Sometimes it wasn't bliss. Sometimes it was mess. And I just followed that inner knowing. I just followed that, that inner thing that, that drives me, my intuition, whatever you want to call it, God, source, <laughs> my, my soul. I just followed it. So following that will never, never steer you wrong. Shiva's interview was a form of confirmation I did not expect. Yet I am honored to have received all she had to offer. Shiva's honesty and transparency at times was overwhelming. In the best of ways, only because it is rare to come across people that truly embody and own who they are. It was also beautiful to hear her speak of her mother, the powerhouse of a woman that taught her what it means to walk in truth and challenge conventional norms and stereotypes. I also love that Shiva's mother nurtured all the different phases she went through without judgment, encouraged her to always lean into joy and pleasure, and reminded her the power of choice, all of which has served Shiva well into her adulthood. Shiva's life is a testimony of resiliency, determination, and divine purpose, and her perspective on healing as the catalyst to tapping into our highest potential was profound. Feelings of unworthiness and a fear of success was getting in the way of Shiva's true path, and identifying her core beliefs and any underlying wounds led to her freedom. Because the deeper truth of who we are is always there. But are we listening? Are you listening? Healing our wounds and trauma is pivotal to freeing ourselves and stepping into the fullness of who we are. No matter how ugly the emotion, release is necessary. It is also important to understand that healing is a lifelong journey. Once you begin to heal, you own who you are, where you have been, and you make space for where you need to be next. This week, I encourage each of you listening to focus on the present moment and what you can do in the now. Prioritize your healing in a way that is pragmatic and makes sense to you. And to quote Shiva directly, remember the blueprint is in your soul. Take care, and I'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also check out the episode description box to send a comment, question, or a love note to the Gems of Jupiter directly. I appreciate your support, and I'll see you next week.